happy to be with you. Uh, for 36 years, I preached in a different language. I use Mandarin, and I can understand some Cantonese. So I can, if you want to go out and have good food with me, uh, you can get it with me. But we're not talking about food today. We're talking about spiritual food today. Very happy to be with you and to be your seasonal assistant and, and help out a bit. Uh, I love to preach. I preach God's Word in a couple different languages over the last 36 years. And now I'm going to try to speak Texan. <laughs> anyway, uh, any deer hunters out there? Hey, this is Texas. I, yeah, of course. Of course. Now, I'm not really a deer hunter. I have hunted squirrels before. Um, but after I got married, my father-in-law wanted to be really nice to me. And he, he wanted to invite me on his annual deer hunt up in northern Wisconsin. And I said, okay, that's nice. I don't have a rifle. He says, I got a really cool old Winchester 71 lever action, and uh, you can shoot it. I said, okay. I was really excited to go. Uh, we took a four-hour trip up to northern Wisconsin to Flambeau Flowage, and uh, man, I was really excited that night, but really nervous, because I didn't really want to embarrass myself, and I didn't want to embarrass my father-in-law, because all his buddies are going to say, what kind of loser did your daughter marry? So, okay, pressure's on. First day of the, uh, of the hunt in the morning, he takes me out to a deer stand. It's up in a tree, actually. And got up there, and he says, now, Rob, this is on a deer trail. A deer could come by any time, so don't fall asleep. Don't fall out of the tree. Just be ready, Okay. Okay, you guys don't know me well, but I'm going to ask you, how many of you think I actually got a deer? How many of you think I fell out of the tree or fell asleep? And the rest of you are not sure in what you just say to me. Okay, well, anyway, maybe God knew that I was not very good at waiting or being prepared. And so 15 minutes after I got up in that tree, the dumbest buck in Wisconsin walked right by and his rack is in my office today. And I'm still married to my father-in-law's daughter 44 years later. Woo! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, all hunters need to wait, but not all are prepared. You know, the biggest buck in your life could be passing right by. You don't want to miss it, and you don't want to mess up because you may not get that chance again. Jesus talks to us about things that are even more important than that big buck, if it were possible. He talks to us about what's going to happen when the most important thing in our life happens, when we meet Jesus, when we get to see Jesus, when we get to be with Jesus. Are we ready for that time? And how can we get ready? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Jesus shares a parable with us about ten bridesmaids. Half of them were ready, and half of them weren't. Let's take a look at this. Jesus says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, 
Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The bridesmaids who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus begins his parable. He uses a custom from culture at that time that everyone would have known. Bride and groom going to get married. The groom would often go to the bride's house, pick up the bride, and then make a procession to where they were going to have a wedding feast. So, very, very common thing. And what did they have to do? They had one really simple job. Each of them was to have an oil lamp. Pastor talked about olive oil. This is where you would put the oil. There's a wick here. You can maybe see that. And if you put the oil in there, in this little, little pottery thingy or whatever, this lamp, it's going to show light. And if you had 10 young ladies, all with these lamps lit, and the bride and the groom are going by, it must have been a beautiful sight at night. Anyway, they wanted to make it something that the bride and groom would never forget. So, Jesus says, though, there was a problem. And any of us who have been in weddings, we know that timing sometimes can be a problem. I don't know if our newlyweds had any of those problems. It was a smaller thing, but, you know, uh, it's easy for, you know, bachelor party, bachelorette party, or whatever, to take a lot more time than you figured. And that's what happened that night. All the ten ladies were ready. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. Uh, not getting any messages on their phone. They don't know what's going on. So... They all, one by one, fall asleep. Then at midnight, middle of the night, the cry goes out, Hey, here the bridegroom is here. Let's go out and meet him. He's here. Let's go. Well, some of them were ready. Some of them were ready. They began feverishly preparing their lamps. Uh, the, ones, uh, the ones who had, were looking at there said, Wow, it's a little, a little empty. They had an extra little flask of oil, just enough to fill that up. I said, wow, that's good. But then some of their friends were getting really freaked out and saying, wait, look at another friend. Didn't you bring some extra oil? They said, I thought you brought the extra oil. What are we going to do? Ah, let's ask those other guys, those other, our friends. They'll certainly give us some. Well, they were smart. They said, if we give you ours, we don't have any for ourselves to light the way. It's kind of like uh, Pastor Darren used the uh, flashlight uh, example right now, just before. It's kind of like if you have your flashlight with two batteries in it, and that's all you have, and your buddy comes and says, hey, can I borrow one of your batteries? Is that going to work? No. So that was the same thing. These ladies said, hey, you have to go get your own. Find a Walmart somewhere, for heaven's sake. Well, they did go out, tried to buy, but while, while 
they were out at the Walmart, the bridegroom comes. The attendants who are ready got to go into the wedding, and then, and then the door was shut. The door was shut. Okay, those who had gone to the Walmart come back, and you can just see them furiously knocking on the door. You can hear them saying, Lord, Lord, let us in. We're here. Let us in. And then we hear those terrible, terrible words, those very sad words for them, devastating words. I don't know you. I don't know you. See, all of these ladies, all of these young ladies had one job. Have the lamp, have the oil, be ready, be ready. Unfortunately, some of them weren't ready. All of them had fallen asleep, but not all of them had prepared for that day. Why? I don't know. Half of them perhaps didn't feel that the bride and the groom were really that close of friends. Or maybe they were just in it for the party. Or maybe they were clueless. I don't know. For whatever reason, they just weren't ready. Their minds were on other things. If they're young ladies, perhaps they're wondering, well, what kind of young men are going to be at that party? What kind of food are they serving? Are they serving Chinese? I sure hope so. Their minds weren't on the bride and the groom. For some reason, they were distracted, they weren't ready, and a disaster happened. Now Jesus brings it home to his hearers, his disciples, those who are listening, and he also brings it home to you and me. He's no longer telling a story. He's looking at his hearers in their at, 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 the, at his hearers in their eyes. He's looking and making eye contact. And today he's making eye contact with you and me also. Therefore, keep watch. Therefore, keep watch. You do not know the day or the hour. Now, this is kind of a strange wedding invitation. You know, on wedding invitations, what do you have? You know, Mr. So-and-so is going to marry Mrs. So, Miss So-and-so, and so forth. You're invited. And then there's always a date and time. What's on this date and time, this wedding invitation? Uh, all it says is, just be ready. And then below it, it very clearly says, no admittance after the doors are shut. So everyone knew. Everyone knew. They didn't know when, but they knew they had to be ready. They knew they had to be ready. Just be ready. So you might wonder, who are these ten ladies, these ten bridesmaids? Who are they representing? Well, Jesus was talking to a lot of crowds a lot of the time. And there were people of all different types in there. There were the ones who really wanted to know Jesus, who loved Jesus, wanted to follow him. And there were others there. It seemed like they were just kind of following the crowd. They were maybe hoping, and hey, maybe I could see Jesus do a miracle. Maybe he can do something really cool. Maybe whatever. He can do something that's going to really ah, light up my life and make my boring life a little, a little more exciting. I don't know what they were following, what they were doing. And yet they had many more important things on their minds. Yeah, perhaps they had even known Jesus. They, maybe they even knew, knew Jesus' family. Maybe they even knew Jesus' name. And they could 
They could even share a miracle or two that they had seen. But knowing Jesus' name is not enough. Think of another passage in Matthew where Jesus says something very similar. He says, Lord, the, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, will get into that wedding feast. But who gets in? Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. That is, to trust in Jesus as our Savior. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. You see, our lives are all moving to a conclusion. Our lives all have a shelf life. This world is moving to a conclusion. And whether I leave this world first and go to see Jesus or he comes back, all of us need to be ready for that time when we're going to meet Jesus. Are we going to be ready? We need to be ready. When we read this story, I'd like, to, I'd like us to think about ourselves and think about this oil lamp. And maybe think about this oil lamp as something that is like our life. Our life needs to be filled up with the oil from Jesus. The problem is that our life often gets filled up with other things. What are some of those things? Well, I know a lot of us love social media. And endless scrolling sometimes is something we might use to try to fill up our lamp, to bring a little humor into our lives. I'm not saying this, these things are wrong. But what happens is they crowd out the oil that Jesus wants to give us and keeps our light from shining. Or maybe on social media sometimes we see news, news about recent, oh, this year is going to be it, politics, election, and one party or the other, whenever they say something, one man or another, whenever they say something, it just drives us crazy. There's oil, but it's like oil... <laughs> Like it's oil in a fire, something that's not going to produce light that is pleasing to God or to others. So sometimes we fill ourselves with these things rather than what God wants to give us. Now maybe when you read this story and you read about the ten foolish bridesmaids, you say, ah, I would never do that. I'm a lot smarter than they are. Or if you read this story and you say, yeah, I know, I know someone who really needs to hear this. I wish they were here today. If we, if we go at it that way, we are showing something about ourselves that could very well be true. We perhaps are filling our lamps with pride, compare, comparing ourselves with other people. Does it ever happen in your life? It happens in mine. I'm a lot more foolish at times than I think that I am. Uh, I should be wise, but sometimes I'm foolish. Or maybe you come to church, and it's a great thing to be here in church with God's people. But maybe when you look at the Bible or listen to the sermon, you're, you say to yourself, you know, what I really need is just a good example. Show me a good example of what it means to be, you know, a person blessed by God. Just show me an example, and then I'll do it. Examples are good. But if we are looking just for an example... We're not really facing our own sins, our own basic need of, we don't have any oil. We don't really have any good things that we can give to God by ourselves. 
Everything we have must be given to, by, given to, to us by God and placed in this lamp, placed in our lives. Maybe we read the Bible like I was, uh, when I was in college. I had a lot of Bible facts, but there was a time when I was in college when I was reading the Bible and I didn't really read the Gospels anymore. I was just reading the epistles. Why did I read the epistles? Because the epistles have a lot of things saying, do this, don't do that, do this, do this, do this. And I thought, wow, now that's the real core of Christianity. Uh, fortunately, I grew out of that phase because otherwise I would have been filling my lamp with things that I do rather than what Jesus did for me. What else do we fill our lives with? Hmm. Maybe our lives are so full already of good things. Taking care of your family, being a good wife, being a good husband. You have a lot of responsibilities at work. Maybe you have parents you need to care for. Your kids you have to take care for. Maybe you're really super busy even here in church. We can fill our lives with so many things that there's really no room left in that for the oil that Jesus wants to bring into our lives. It's a danger for us all. Is there any room left in our, in our, in our life for Jesus and what he wants to bring? You being here today tells me something. You, you realize that, and you want that oil in your life. You want that. You want Jesus to light up your life. And that's really why you're here. Or maybe you might say, okay, pastor, you're a retired guy. Uh, you're getting, uh, you're very nice. You're getting a little older, and you think more about those things. Hey, man, I'm young. I got a long life to live. It's going to be a long time before I have to face this. Really? Who of us knows what tomorrow is going to bring? Some people might say, yeah, I have a long time. I still got a long time to, you know, to, to make my life right with God. Do we? Are we filling our life with hopes and dreams and wishes? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all know that these are dangers that we face. These are things that can cause us problems and that this kind of distractedness or over-busyness or carelessness we end up like the five foolish bridesmaids, not ready for that time. And we know that God doesn't want that to happen in our lives. God doesn't want that to happen in our lives. Even though it makes us feel uneasy, that's a good thing. To realize a little, understand a little of the foolishness in our lives is a good thing because that makes room then for the wisdom of God. That makes room for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, this parable, I think, is kind of disturbing because there were ten ladies, probably all Jewish people, all had the promises of God, all knew a little about God, but in the end, only five of them, only five of them, people blessed by God, only five of them got into the wedding banquet. And that should make me a little worried at times. Perhaps make you a little worried. Am I going to get in, or is the door going to be shut for me? But we're here today to hear that this is not what God wants. God doesn't want us to be outside. God wants to bring us in. And that's why we're here today. 
That's why Jesus is here today. That's why his good news is here today. He wants that good news to come to us. Because God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is abundant. God has, Jesus has already prepared all the oil we will ever need. And it's here for our taking. Wedding festival. Think about it, brothers and sisters. What does the Bible start with? It starts with a wedding in Genesis. What does it end with? A wedding feast in Revelation. And all the middle part of it is Jesus searching for his bride. In our parable for today, Jesus refers to us as bridesmaids. But I'd like to go one step further. We're not just bridesmaids. We're not always hoping. We're the one Jesus came to the world to seek and to save, to cleanse and to make his own. We have a wonderful groom who has provided everything that we need. The whole story of the Bible is how he came to this world to seek and to save people like you and me. He came to this world and loved as we should have loved. Loved God, loved others. He came to this world so that he could, he could receive the punishment that we really should have received because of our carelessness and our sin. In a sense, he was shut out on the outside. He was put in the grave. He said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He was shut out so that we could be brought in. And then he rose from the dead to let us know that there is hope now. There's hope forever. There's peace. There's identity of knowing that he has accepted us as his bride and he wants to live with us forever. So how does that, how does that word, how does that oil get into us? It's very simple. You're doing it right now. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Through our ears, that word, that oil, gets into our hearts. There's another way. Um, yeah, unfortunately, today there's no baptisms. I hear you've had a lot of baptisms recently. Um, dry Sunday for us, but that's okay. Jesus is still here. Through baptism, God washes away our sins, brings us into his family, and says, you're mine. When we receive the Lord's Supper, Jesus does something very, very special. Through that bread and wine, he gives us his body and blood. He assures us, I'm with you. I'm going to give you everything you need to get to that point. I'm going to give you everything you need so that you can stay ready. Even though you don't know the day or the hour, you can be ready. You can keep watch. You can be shining for me. I'd like to finish up today with a story about a pastor's wife that I know. Um, her husband was uh, actually a college classmate of mine and a fellow missionary in another country. A few years ago, she received a diagnosis from a doctor that she had a very rare disease. She wasn't feeling well. Very rare disease. He says, we can't do anything about it. And according to everything we know, you have six months to live. That was a, a, huge, a, a huge problem in her life. But she had a huge God in her life. She decided, okay, maybe I can change some of my diet habits. So she started eating better, taking diet supplements, and a few, few of those things. But morally, more importantly, she really doubled down on getting God's word and promises into her life. Everywhere she went in her house, 
she decided, I'm going to do something. I'm going to think of all the promises of God that really helped me. And then I'm going to use, I don't know if any of you guys still use three by five note cards. She hand, you guys still hand write things? Yeah. <laughs> you could hand write God's promises on here. And so she goes into the, goes into the uh, where do you go off? And okay, bedroom next to the bed. Goes into the bathroom. Bathroom mirror. In the living room near her TV. In her, ba- in, in her uh, kitchen near the window where she do her dishes. Everywhere she went, there were promises of God for her. And, wow, her light shined. You know, people would come over and try to comfort her, say, oh, it's going to be okay. And they would end up leaving much more comforted than any kind of comfort they were able to share with her. Doctor gave her six months. She lived another 17 years. Those 17 years were filled with the oil of God's promises, and they never let her down. One of the promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those are promises you can live on. Those are promises you can die on because you're going to be with God God forever. Yep, she came to worship on Sundays regularly. She was filled with these three-by-five promises of God, and she lived that out every day. And so for you and me also, today you are here. We pray that you're getting filled up with God's promises, getting filled up with Jesus, so that you have strength this week to live for him and to shine for him. Shine in this darkness. Shine in your family. Shine at work. Shine in this dark world. Because as you shine, we can trust one day Jesus is going to come back. We're going to meet him. And he's going to open the door and say, I know you. Come on in. The party's just starting. I'm going to be with you, and you're going to be with me forever. Amen.